Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Got a special treat for you. A lot of you have seen and you've heard of this guy. Ryan Pineda is in the house. And we're going to be talking about, I mean, there's a lot of things we could have talked about. And I asked him, he said, man, whatever you want to talk about. So I said, I'd like to talk to you about something I want to talk about that's not necessarily real estate related, but it has more to do with internet marketing, YouTube, Instagram, and stuff like that. And Ryan is at just another level. He's got a huge audience, a lot of influence, doing really, really well in multiple businesses. And so we're just going to ask him questions about how does he keep it all together? What is he doing? What's the secret? And hopefully get some good nuggets and tidbits for you guys. And even if you're not in the internet marketing world, because this is the real estate investing podcast, right? You're going to learn something from this in terms of working hard, setting goals, always being, always putting yourself out there. I'm telling you guys, even if you're just doing deals, even if you're just getting started wholesaling or doing whatever, right? Understanding these principles of uh, marketing, influence, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, right? That is really, really going to be important for you and your business, especially if you want to grow and do a lot of deals. All right. So if you're watching this live right now on YouTube or on Facebooks. Tell us where you're from. Leave any comments, put them down in the chat below. I'd love to bring them up and spotlight you. And then, you know, if you have a question for Ryan and you want to ask Ryan about what he's got going on, go ahead and do that. If you're listening to the audio podcast, thank you so much for being here and listening. I really, really appreciate it. Let's just jump right in. I got Ryan here. I'm going to bring him on over and uh, let me see if I can get this to work. I pressed the wrong button. Ryan. What up? Good to meet you and see you. Finally, I mean, you just told me a minute ago we've met before, but that was back like four years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, quite a while ago out in um, Orlando, ClickFunnels, Funnel Hacking Live, my first one ever. What year was that again? 2018. Wow, that was four years ago. That was the year I won my 2CCC whatever award thing right the there. The 2 comma Club. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And um, I would think I was... I was leading, was I leading one of the tables or round tables or something like that? Yeah, they had these little small breakout groups. And I remember going to yours. I went to a couple other um, guys who I'd seen online. And yeah. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Just like getting to pick these guys' brains on what they're doing. And man, you've exploded since then. What? <laughs> so I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to, to um, getting to know you a little bit more. I, I saved all my questions, guys. So I could ask Ryan these questions here live on this podcast. And um, so, uh, Ryan, you're in Las Vegas, right? Correct. Cool. And you're all over YouTube. I, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel. Uh, I've been putting content out there for 10 years or so, probably. and uh, But I've never focused on it and done it with quite the excellence that you have done. But that, you know, of all the different things that you're on, would you say YouTube has kind of been the biggest growth driver for you? You know, it's interesting. When I first got on YouTube, this was back during the pandemic, um, you know, March 2020. I was kind of looking around at where the world was going. You know, I was mainly just focused on my my real estate business. For those who don't know, you know, I was flipping a lot of houses. We usually flip about 100 homes a year here in Las Vegas. And I just kind of was like, man, I think people are going to be doing the social media thing like way more being locked down. I think 
like YouTube and TikTok and these things are going to explode. And at the time, I wasn't really on them. Like, honestly, I didn't watch YouTube. I didn't watch TikTok. Like, I didn't really take it serious. Like, I had an Instagram and I, I had maybe like 12, 13,000 followers. So I was like pretty known in small circles. Um, but I never wanted to like make content as like a full time gig. But I just remember sitting there at the house and I'm like, you know, I can't do anything. You know, we're, we're, we're locked in. What am I supposed to do with my time? And so I started watching these other YouTubers um, like Graham Stefan and Meet Kevin, these other guys. And yeah. they started talking about how much they were making on YouTube. Um, and they weren't even investing in real estate, really. Like they were buying a property here or there. And I was like, holy moly, like, I think I'm on the wrong side of the game. You know, <laughs> these guys have more influence for real estate, even though I do way more than them. Yeah. And it wasn't to hate on them or anything else. It was just like, that's the way the world is. And so I could either embrace it or I could, you know, <laughs> be like all my other buddies and all my other masterminds who just hate on it. Yeah. And so I said, I'm just going to start making videos. And I decided that YouTube was going to be the backbone just because I felt like with YouTube having Google behind it, with the way SEO works, um, with people wanting that long form content to learn, you know, real estate investing. I was like, I'm going to make this the priority. And so that's what I did. I made it the priority, but I also still focused on getting better at short form too, because um, I saw that TikTok was a really, <laughs> for lack of a better word, addictive app. And I was like, man, I think this is also going to be pretty powerful. And so if I just focus on both of these, you know, long form and short form, um, if one wins, then I'll be either I'll be able to pivot either way, but if both have a place, then I'll be on both. And so I, I think today I, I wouldn't say that YouTube is better than, you know, TikTok or Instagram. They all have a different purpose. Um, but I think TikTok just passed YouTube as the number one most used social media. So isn't that crazy? Uh, people are, are on TikTok a lot. That's crazy. All right. So Ryan, let's rewind a little bit. Cause I, and then I want to ask you some more questions about Instagram and, and YouTube and TikTok, um, because I, I'm just, I'm just wondering, I'm still like, uh, am I in the stone ages? Am I, I'm scratching my head thinking is is this, I thought TikTok was going to be a fad, but um, it hasn't been, so, but, but people don't, some people here in my audience don't know you yet, Ryan. Um, and I'd encourage all y'all to go watch, just go to YouTube, do a search for Brian Pineda. You'll see his channel. He's got over 210, 214,000 subscribers, I think I just saw. Yeah. And uh, go look him up on TikTok. But Ryan, talk about what you were doing before you got into real estate. You were playing baseball or something, weren't you? Yeah, so I was a professional baseball player. Um, I got drafted by the Oakland A's in 2010, and that was literally all I wanted to do. Um, I could care less about real estate or <laughs> being a content creator. And I got released three years later and I had to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, you know, I, at that time I was playing minor leagues, so I wasn't making a lot of money. I was making $1,200 a month, um, on the minor league, um, salary. And so, and that was only on the months you played, right? That was only on the months I played. Yeah. So, I mean, I literally made like six, seven grand a year doing that. And so I had to learn to be frugal and live on, you know, nothing while still, practicing and trying to pursue a dream. And I had also learned how to do side hustles because I wasn't able to get a real job because I had to go leave for six months. So um, I ended up getting into real estate in 2010 as well. I became an agent and I absolutely hated it. 
I just wasn't very good. The market was totally different than it is today. It was the exact opposite of what it is today. Nobody wanted to buy. Prices were at all-time lows, and it was hard to sell a house. And so, um, and even if you did sell a house, your commission was small. So I didn't like it. And I got discouraged because I saw so many great deals. I saw back then as a naive 21-year-old, like what now people in hindsight see. I was like, how can you tell me these aren't good deals? What could they possibly go down to? You know, I'm, I'm looking at a house that was built two years ago for $80,000. And two years ago, it sold for three hundred and fifty grand. Like, how can it... I don't get it. And then, you know, I had buyers and they were like, no, it's going to drop. It's going to keep... I'm like, to what? And so <laughs> I always... Was, I, this in, was this in Vegas? This is in Vegas. And we got hit the hardest out of anyone. Yeah, and yeah. so to me, I just saw the opportunity, but I couldn't do anything because I just didn't know about all the ways you could fund a deal. I didn't know about private money or hard money or creative finance. I didn't know any of that stuff. But I just knew that real estate was a great investment. And if I could ever one day figure out how to get the money, I would do well. Well, fast forward, um, 2015, I learned about hard money finally, five years in, right? <laughs> Being a realtor, never heard of it, never learned about it, nothing. Wow. And I learned about- so you were just hard- you were just doing the retail side of things. Yep, yep. And I finally learned about this hard money thing. I go, that's what I've been searching for my entire life. Because if somebody will just fund these deals, I know how to find deals. And so that's exactly what I did. I got a hard money loan on my first flip. Um, I didn't have a down payment. So I ended up maxing out all my credit cards to get the down payment. And you know, I, I went 50 G's in debt to really do these first couple of deals. And thankfully, I was right. You know, the first deal made twenty five grand. The second deal made fifteen grand. So you were you were fixing them and flipping them. Yep, yeah. yep. These were flips. I didn't. Even, I still didn't know what wholesaling was. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just like, yeah, I can find deals. These were just MLS and Craigslist deals, and um, do those deals. And I just kept rolling them and rolling them. You know, I I did five that first year, then twenty, then fifty, then a hundred and fifty, and I've been doing a hundred every year since. And um, yeah, I made a lot of money flipping houses, and that in turn led to a bunch of other businesses that I started along the way. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a CPA firm called TrueBooks. We've got hundreds of clients all over the country. I've got Future Flipper for um, education. We've got thousands of students now. Um, I've got a fund, Panetta Capital. We just in the last five months we've bought 460 units. Wow. Um, I've got an e-commerce company. We do Amazon automation. We've got over 300 stores we manage um, for our customers. Um, obviously, I do all the YouTube and content creation. And now we're diving into the NFT space as well with um, merging a lot of this real estate in the real world with crypto and NFTs and you know fractionalizing real estate and metaverse. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff in that whole lane as well. It's, it's overwhelming, right? Like, how do you? I'm looking at your website, and y'all should go check him out, ryanpaneda.com. And uh, you've got, if you click on work with me right now, and you've even got, oh, what's this? Golf with Ryan. I heard you talk about golf on some of your videos. (laughs) What is this? Dude, so funny. You know, people ask me all the time, they're like, hey, can we do like one on one? Can we do Zooms? Or I'm like, no, I just don't have time. Like, you, you just heard everything I got going on. It, <laughs> it just, yeah. This is such a good idea. Yeah. Golf, you click golf with Ryan, book your session. Here, here's the, Ryan, I love golf. And uh, yeah. I, I play probably three, four days a week. 
What's when I can in, in here in St. Louis. And uh, so cool. I mean, I haven't seen your website here, but all right, talk, finish your story. Sorry. Well, you got to tell me your handicap oh, now. Now that my handicap is horrible, uh, you know, 18, 19 <laughs> or something like that. But okay. uh, I, I just started playing two years ago. And okay. um, we, there's a country club just 15 minutes from our house. I live in the suburbs of St. Louis. And so where we are, it's, it's really hilly. And uh, a lot of hills, rolling bluffs. It's just a gorgeous course, and it's 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 in the top three in Missouri, maybe top five. Um, it's hey, but I yeah, I just fell in love. We're gonna have to play because I'm actually going to St. Louis um, to film because we have an apartment up there. We just put under contract, 77 units. Um, it's got a bar. I guess it's a really like hip bar down there. So really, um, I'm gonna be down there to film probably in the next couple of weeks. Serious. So. Yeah. Oh, come on. So I'll, we'll I'll clear it. my calendar. Yeah, we'll do it. My head of ops, too, for Pineda Capital loves golf. So he, him and I always go play when we go look at these properties and stuff. Um, well, nice. You, well, we'll we'll talk after this interview, but um, this is yeah. a really pretty course. You'll love it. I think. I mean, Vegas yeah. has got some nice courses. I've never played down there, but. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, the golf with me thing started like this. So I started golfing last year. Because I bought a piece of land that I was building my dream home on, and it's on a golf course. And I go, dude, I don't golf. Like, I used to play baseball, but, you know, I'll golf since I'm going to live here on a golf course. And so I start getting lessons and all this stuff. And then I get the golf bug, man. Once you start playing, you get the bug. And I'm starting to play once a week, you know, sometimes twice a week. And I'm bringing all my employees and buddies. And we, we have fun doing it. But after a while, I'm like, I'm kind of bored like golfing with you guys all the time. And I just had this idea. I was like, dude, all these people that want one-on-ones, what if I just took them golfing? Like that would be way better than a one-on-one Zoom for an hour. Like imagine just hanging out in person for five hours on the golf course. Like you'll learn way more doing that and have fun. And so I started doing it. I just said, you know what? I'm going to test it out. I don't know how many people would want to do this, but like, I'm just going to do it. And so I said, okay, this was one Instagram story. I was like, it's 2,500 bucks um, for one round with me, two people per like, you know, round, like somebody will sit with me on the front nine. Somebody will sit with me on the back nine. We'll play the whole course. We'll have lunch. We'll have, you know, driving range. It's going to be a whole experience. And I kid you not like 20 people signed up in the first day. I was like, holy crap. Like there's that many people that want to do this. You're You're not charging enough. I know. And so I was booked out for months with this golf with me thing. And so I started charging five grand after that because I was like, dude, I'm like too booked out. And so, yeah, that's what I do now. Um, honestly, every Friday, uh, I would say as long as I'm in town, cause I'm also out of town a lot, but like, I'm always golfing with somebody from that package every Friday and it's fun. I've actually met some great people, some people who are now doing business together. Um, that's awesome. It's cause you meet a different caliber of person too. You know, somebody's yeah. willing to pay five grand to go golf. Like they've got something they need to talk about. That's pretty high value, man. Good for you. I've, I'd never thought about doing that. And uh, so what's your handicap? I've been getting a lot better lately, but I'm about like a seven right now. Oh man. Good for you. Did you find, I'm just, I'm curious, like being so, being so uh, good at baseball, was that a hard thing to adjust and learn how to swing a, a swing a golf club instead? It it was tough at first. Uh, I mean, being an athlete, like I was like hand eye was always good, but I just couldn't figure out how to hit it consistent. And then I ended up getting a coach and shout out like to everybody, get a coach in whatever you want to do well at, um, who used to play baseball. And so he was oh. like, Hey, 
here's how you have to think about this. And so he started to relate it to baseball more. And I was like, oh, I get it now. And then it was like instant. You know, I went from a guy who was in the 90s all the time to being in the 80s and now shooting in the 70s. So yeah, <laughs> my goal is to get to par this year. That's the goal. Oh, man. I, I love playing. I usually walk. I'll, I'll play nine holes and walk. And um, that's why I can play three or four times a week. I, but you know, when I when I block, and this is a lesson for everybody, find a hobby, something that you're good at or that you enjoy, rather, right? But put it on your calendar. So what I've done is because I walk, I need about two hours, right? Um, and I, I play in about an hour and a half. But I because it's on my calendar, I get so much done leading up to that, right? Because <clears throat> it's on my calendar. I got to plan for it. I got to make sure I leave in enough time. I got to make sure it's not cutting into family time in the evening. And so I'm just so much more efficient during the day, getting my work done so I can be there to golf. And when I'm on the course, I can just, I don't even listen to AirPods. I, I just list, I just think when I'm playing by myself, just oh, walk and think. 100%. And I come up with the best business and marketing ideas while I'm out there playing. Totally agree, dude. Everyone needs quiet time and yeah. just alone time. The golf course is a great spot for that. Well, cool. You, yeah, let's play when you're here, man. I'd love yeah, to show you the, the course, and um, I think you'll like it. Um, hopefully, it'll be nice weather. We're still kind of in the 50s right now. Um, but anyway, okay. Course, so that'll be new for me. In Vegas, you can't walk courses. It's too yeah. hot and it's too hilly. Well, we'll see how it goes, how much time we have and what, what's going on that day. But that'd be cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, you, started, um, you started doing real estate, started getting some doing some getting some traction with that um you still have a brokerage i remember seeing a video recently you're thinking about closing it or something like that right yeah so um we have we had a real estate brokerage here in vegas with almost 200 agents so we built that up pretty fast too and recently my partner and i made the decision to switch everyone over to real which is you know one of these nationwide brokerages kind of like exp they've got the revenue share and stuff and um, in conjunction with that, we started a whole new company, which I forgot to mention, called Wealthy Agent, which okay. is real estate education for realtors and okay. teaching them the things that make them wealthy. You know, like doing transactions every day and cold calling every day ain't going to make you wealthy. Like what makes you wealthy is learning to buy the real estate, learning to do your taxes the right way, building a personal brand. And so like we focus on these things that I know have made me a lot of money even not as a realtor, but can easily be transferred to the realtors. Um, but along with, hey, how do we increase GCI? How do we get more leads and build our SOI and all that stuff? So um, that company is is growing. Um, that just happened like a month and a half ago. And so, yeah, just kind of building that up and it's been fun. So you have, I'm looking here at your website with the wealthy agent, you've got at least six or seven Six or seven companies, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you do it? Like, you know, okay, let's take it take a look at TrueBooks CPA. This is an accounting company. Yep. It helps with tax services. Right. Um, how much involvement of your time is involved with that business? Um not that much, man. I mean, obviously I'm the face and the content drives the leads there. Um, but I'm more on the strategic side. So my partner, Matt, you know, him and I are partners on it. He's the CPA and he's running the day-to-day, -day, which is his full-time gig. Um, and we talk probably once a week about what's going on over there, maybe once a month if things are rolling and they don't even need anything. But he'll usually come to me more like an advisor of like, yo, 
whatever. Or he'll say, hey, you know, can you make a video about tax because we're not getting as many leads? And so I'll make a video and it'll drive traffic again. Um, and that's one thing too, to say, you know, we're talking about content creation and um, all that. The backbone of all those businesses is essentially my personal brand and building content. And um, I've been able to do everything we've done with pure organic content. I haven't had to do paid traffic. I haven't had to... Like, I just started doing emails this year. Wow. Like, I, it was just strictly social media content. And, you know, all those businesses you mentioned are all seven-figure, some eight-figure businesses. So it's not like they're just random. Like, I know people will start a business and they'll be like, yeah, you know, I got 12 businesses. And it's like, no, you don't. They're all... Like, these are all very individual businesses with their own SOPs and org charts. And they service hundreds, if not thousands of people. And, um, you know, TrueBooks is, it's a cool business. I honestly, I would say TrueBooks is the one where financially it's not the best compared to all the other ones. You know, tax requires so much manpower and labor versus, you know, you would know a digital business where you don't need as much and the margins are higher. And um, so tax sucks on that part. But the good part about tax is that when somebody comes to TrueBooks, um, not only do we help them and give them great service, but a lot of those people end up buying the other stuff because they get such great service. So they might join Feature Flipper. They, we know how much they got, right? We can properly say, hey, if you got to place money, uh, go to Panetta Capital. We've got a fund, you know? And so it's a great funnel that way. And everyone who's in the other companies also needs tax. So like, that's also the beauty of what we're doing is that there's an ecosystem where we don't necessarily have to go and get leads for every company. You know, if one company gets a, a buyer, well, that buyer will need these other products and services with the other companies too. It reminds me of something I remember talking to Pace Morby about. Um, he turns his expenses into income. Thinking in terms of, all right, well, if I'm spending money here, what if I bought a business or started a business? So instead of giving my money to somebody else, I turn it around into a source of income. Yep. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. All right. But uh, you mentioned a partner in your CPA business. Um, what about your lunar ecom? You have a partner in that as well. Yep. So I've got a partner in that. Um, you know, lunar ecom is interesting because I never thought about getting in the e-commerce business. Um, that one's kind of different than everything else, where they're all pretty real estate related. Um, but you know, about a year and a half ago, um, Tony, who's now my partner, you know, reaches out to me on Instagram and he says, "Hey, dude, I want to start one of these Amazon automation stores for you." And I'm like, "Dude, whatever. Like that stuff's stupid." He's like, "No. Like, let me show you. It's legit." And I said, okay. So, and for me, I was literally just doing it for the content because I, if you watch my channel, for those of you who haven't, I do a ton of side hustles just for fun because that's how I got started. Like, I'll interview e com guys, car wash people, couch flippers, you know, t shirt, vintage t shirt flippers, shoe flipper, like everything. And so I go, yeah, I'll do this just for content because everybody is like, it's a very popular thing, like on YouTube and other stuff. And so I do it. And all of a sudden, like, I'm seeing that this is legit. Like, my store is selling stuff. I'm not doing anything. It's making money. And sure enough, everybody on my channel was like, who's your guy? Who's your guy? Like, I want a store. I want a store. Mm. I'm like, holy crap. Like, all right, this is going to have to be another business. And, you know, we launched that uh, middle of last year. And um, man, the e-commerce business is a whole different ball game. Yeah. In terms of, I would say, infrastructure. Like, we don't have a problem selling stores. Like, I honestly don't even advertise it. And we sell 
a lot of stores. And I purposely don't advertise it because I'm still building out infrastructure on that. Like I've spent so much money on building out softwares and development and teams. And, you know, that company has more people and employees than any of my other companies because we're just literally growing so fast. And um, it's fun. It's totally different than um, everything else. And like the opportunity there is significantly higher than any of the other companies too. So what percent of your um, time is spent in that e-commerce business? Um, honestly, I would say I spend more time in the e-com business than I do all the other businesses. Really? Because the other ones are on autopilot for the most part. I mean, you know, the house flipping company, I don't go to houses. Like they're doing their deal. Um, with TrueBooks, like I mentioned, I don't really do too much in TrueBooks. Um, with Future Flipper, honestly, I, I have a weekly Zoom call for one hour. And that's really my only commitment as far as my time. And then we have a quarterly mastermind, which is a few days. And like, so I'm present at all those. But, you know, as far as everything else goes, I, it's just like any of the other companies. Like I provide strategy, like I'm the engine for the marketing and the leads and the content. But um, I'm not day-to-day in anything. Um, and even Lunar is the only one where I'm truly like more day-to-day than the rest of them because there's so much that we're constantly working on and I have to make sure that it's um, going the right way because it's very, um, like that company just has the potential to be so big and I have to make sure we do. It's nowhere near like ready for me to be on autopilot. Okay, because now you're also starting to talk about crypto a lot and nfts on your channel yep. um are you know you, you watch meet kevin right mm-hmm. goes from the real estate listing agent guy to now talking about stocks and crypto and politics and uh if, if you looked at the, you know the same with um grand graham stefan and a bunch of other people that have maybe even chris crone i think is is doing a lot of that now but like have you looked at it as a youtube or an, uh, not not even youtube rather i'm sorry have you looked at it as like an audience growth strategy to talk about the things that everybody else is talking about? Or have you thought about like, you know, sh- do you look back and say, should I just only talked about real estate? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No. So a couple of things. Um, one, I could never only talk about real estate because I just, I love so many different parts of business. And I, at the end of the day, I don't even think I would call myself, I, I mean, I am a real estate guy. But like, if I was to like look at myself, I'd be like, I'm just literally an entrepreneur or even an opportunist. And so, you know, when I was flipping couches, I got kind of famous for that on YouTube, and I started this whole movement of couch flippers and furniture flippers. Um, that was an opportunity, and you know, flipping houses was an opportunity. When I decided to become a content creator, it was just an opportunity that I saw in the marketplace. And mm-hmm. When I look at crypto and NFTs, it's another opportunity that I see that's like the best use of my time. E-commerce, also the same. Um, and so I don't make... Con- I, I'm different than them in that I don't make content for the views to get subscribers. Um, I make it because I enjoy it. And like whatever that opportunity is, like I'm all into that business. But also, um, it, it's just something like I know is a better opportunity than whatever else I'm doing, right? Like I could go flip houses and get better at that. Like I could go from 100 to 200 flips easily if I wanted to focus all my time and energy on that. But it's not the best opportunity. I have three other things I could do that have a far bigger ROI. And in the end, I'm not like so passionate about building my house flipping company. It doesn't like at the end of the day, 
flipping houses is, is really about making money. Like it, there, there's other businesses that are very rewarding in other ways. Like when Future Flipper, when I teach people how to flip and it changes their lives and we do all these things and like I get those DMs and those texts, that's fulfilling for sure. Flipping houses, I'm not like super fulfilled about that. So, um, you know, with Meet Kevin and all those guys, I do think that for them, they're on to the next trend because their sole focus is um, getting subscribers, views, and all that. Because that is their business at the end of the day. You know, they don't really have back-end businesses. It's just strictly their brand. Um, for me, I've never talked about the news or done any of that kind of content, even though I know it would give me way more views, way more subscribers, because I just don't care. Like, I, I am not going to go read the news every day and talk about it. It's just, I would rather die than do that. <laughs> so, I'd play golf. Yeah, and th- that's another thing. It's so, like, I go play golf because I want to play golf. I don't really give a crap about having to grow to be the biggest and best, the fastest. Like I just literally want to do only what I want to do. And if people don't like it, then whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. So um, with the crypto and the NFTs though, I am super passionate about that. Really? Um, Not just because I know it's a huge opportunity. It is. It is literally, I think, the opportunity of my lifetime. You know, people talk about the internet boom and, you know, all this stuff. I think with where we're at with metaverse and NFTs and crypto it's the opportunity of a lifetime. And, you know, there's so much in the real estate world that is going to be changed through all of this technology. I mean, when people talk about the blockchain and how it's going to change title companies, 100%, like title companies should not be making the amount of money they make when this goes onto the blockchain. It like costs should decrease dramatically. Um, when you start thinking about how you can fractionalize syndication, you know, I run a fund, like I know the problems with syndication. One of the biggest being, you know, yeah, you got to tie up your money for five years and there's not really anything you can do about it. You know, like, you know, that going into it and when we sell it or we refinance, that's when you'll finally get paid out. Well, the moment you can syndicate and have your NFTs as shares, and then you can go sell those NFTs, you know, publicly at any point, which you think is the right time to exit. Or maybe you just need liquidity, right? You don't even want to sell, but you need to. Um, having that ability to do that is going to change the thing or change the game. You know, the metaverse and real estate that's going to happen in there is a whole different beast that is not even one percent of what it can be. And so when I see all these things and all these opportunities for businesses and ways to grow, and then I see like the platform I've created to this point of being a real estate guy. And nobody is talking about this digital real estate side. I'm like, dude, this is my opportunity literally to like own. I don't want to say own, but like be a face of a multi-trillion dollar industry. You know, if you got guys like Donald Trump, who are the face of towers and like commercial real estate in New York, and you've got Blackstones who don't even have a face, but, um, you know, other guys who are the face of like huge real estate things. Um, this is a new one and nobody's really prepared for it. And it's going to be huge. I am um, looking forward to talking to you about that while we're golfing because <laughs> it's something I know zero about. I mean, I, I do know a little bit, but it's, it's sometimes beyond me. And I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now. Just a week ago, you did a video called How to Buy an NFT, a Beginner's Guide to Getting Started. So that's something that I'm going to be looking at here in a little bit. Um, then you have another one two weeks ago. What is an NFT, a Beginner's Guide? To these videos. So, so let me tell you about that. Yeah. So, um, 
the question you just said was, I have no idea what any of this is about, which is like 99% of real estate investors still. You know, I was at a mastermind called Collective Genius, which I'm a part of. Yeah, I used and, to be there too. Okay. So I literally gave a presentation on the metaverse and real estate. And um, I won the belt and it was great. But even after giving this presentation to the smartest investors in the country, like <laughs> I literally got asked the question. He goes, okay, like that's like, that sounds great. I have a question though. What is an NFT? And I was like, holy crap. Like if I just presented for an hour and we still don't even know that, I'm assuming you guys know way more than you do. And so um, I just realized that for my own NFT and for what I'm about to do, I literally have to educate everyone as if they're kindergartners. And so those videos are, I'm building basically a library that I can go point people to. Like, you know, for you, if you're like, hey, Ryan, I know nothing about NFTs. I'm going to say, great. Here's a playlist and it just go through it in order. What is an NFT? How do you buy one? How do you store it in a wallet, right? The basic fundamentals of it, right? And then I'm going to talk about, I'm actually filming this today. My project called Tykes for anyone listening, tykes.io, T-Y-K-E-S dot I-O. You can um, go to our Discord community. You can go follow us on Twitter, all that stuff. Um, the reason I'm creating Tykes is to essentially create this first ever digital real estate mastermind. Like if you buy this NFT, there's going to be a ton of other perks and things we do. But the premise is that I can get everyone who's interested in digital real estate on the same place and we can invest together. We can build together. We can learn from each other. We can have events where everyone's just learning about this and coming up with new innovations and ideas. That's where the magic's going to happen. And partnerships will be made where people make a lot of money and change the world too. So I just uh, joined. There we go. And um, Discord, that's another thing. <laughs> what, what the what the blankety blank is Discord? Although I I I I, I do have a Discord channel with um, another uh, crypto thing that I was dabbling in. But um, I appreciate Ryan, though seriously, you being open and honest about kind of what what it is that you're doing and that, what that you're passionate about. I think it's also cool that, you know, it's the whole multiple streams of income thing kind of like, isn't it? I mean, if you you, you want to, in, in some certain ways, you can only grow so much doing one thing. Would you agree with that? And like for you, especially if you're like most entrepreneurs, you have ADD, uh, where it's like, what's the next shiny object that I can go chase? Um, might as well yeah. monetize all of this extra stuff that you're interested in, right? Yeah. So here's what I'll say too, you know. It's both good and bad. You know, I've got all these different companies and they're all doing great and streams of income and they'll all continue to grow in the coming years. And that's great. Um, the bad part is, you know, we kind of have conversations like this where, you know, you're like, holy crap, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, and if you ask somebody like, what is Ryan known for? They'll be like, well, I don't know. He's got all these things going on. Versus the guy who's the specific thing for that niche, you know? So it's like, dude, um, for instance, you brought up my friend Pace Morby. We're doing some stuff together now too, um, which I can't talk about yet. But um, that's another guy. I mean, he's worse than you are, Ryan. He's got, he's got his hands in so many different things. And I don't yeah. know how he does it. But, okay, so here's all I'll say is at least Pace is known for creative finance. It's yeah. like, dude, okay. So he has got a thing behind him that he is known for. 
Um, and yeah, he's got other things he's got going on, which like I said, we're doing our own thing, um, which we haven't announced yet. But uh, the thing I'll say about Pace is him and I are very different in how we approach like our daily lives. I mean, he wants to work 16 hours a day and like that's his deal. I want to work six hours a day and that's it. And I want to go golf the rest of the time and I want to just chill. And I want to just be as you mentioned earlier, be as efficient as possible. I want these things on my schedule. And it's like, look, I only got six hours to film five YouTube videos. How are we going to do it? Let's do it. And so it makes you think differently. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so pace is a good example of that. And um, yeah, he's got a ton of stuff going on. Well, you you know, you kind of, you did plant your flag at the beginning being known as the flipping guy. Yeah. And I think kind of once you got established with that, you know, the in the internet marketing world, there's this double comma club award, which is where you you get an award from ClickFunnels if you make a million dollars, right? Right. And uh, I've been fortunate and blessed enough to have three of the one million and one of the ten million dollar awards here. But one of the things that um, Russell Brunson always talks about is be focused on one core product, right? One core product, one webinar, one traffic source, one. Uh, one conversion tool, like, you know, like a webinar or an application, whatever it is, until you make a million dollars. And once that thing is making a million dollars, then you can add other things to it. Maybe a higher level mastermind, maybe some lower entry level, cheaper products, you know, maybe a couple different other spokes into the wheel. But until then, and this is important, I think, for anybody listening to this, right? Just find something Stick with it. Make that your one thing until you're making at least a million dollars with it. And then you can start looking at growing and expanding from there. Would you agree with that? 100%. And, but then it always goes down to, well, should you go deeper before you start going wide? And, um, you know, it's interesting. Dude, every entrepreneur is different. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Pace's buddy, Jamil, I had him on my podcast. And we were talking about, he goes, dude, I can only focus on Keegley and, you know, Astro. Like, that's it. And they're very similar, right? Like, they're yeah. one is his business, one's teaching his business. So it's like kind of the same thing. Um, He's like, I don't know how you have all those businesses and how you make all this content, how you do all this stuff. And it just goes back to, like, my personality is I cannot do the same thing every day. Like, it would, it just doesn't fulfill me. Um, And so I get a fulfillment out of building a business, systematizing it, stepping back and letting it run and then doing it again and then doing it. You know, by the time I'm 40, man, I don't know how many businesses I'll have or whatever the case will be. But I do know that my criteria for starting a business is now so much more strict. You know, I turned down 99 out of my 100 ideas I have. And then the one idea is like, all right, this business this business has to be better than all the previous businesses in terms of its ROI, its upside, all that stuff. Nice. Okay, good. Um, this this has been flying fast too, Ryan. I got some questions I wrote down here. Um, talk about your your the the real estate investing courses that you have. You have Future Flipper, and you also have Wealthy Agent, and you also have this new thing called Wealthy Way, the Wealthy Way, or something like that, right? Yeah. So talk about um, how you created those courses and why. Yeah. So once again, this is probably the problem with having so many things. I didn't even mention the Wealthy Way, which is my most passionate thing um, that doesn't make any money. But um, I'll get to that here in a sec. So Future Flipper is real estate investing, um, mainly flipping houses and wholesaling. You know, we talk about rentals and different things too, since 
I'm active in those as well. But, you know, the core premise is like, let's teach people how to flip houses. Because if you could flip a house, you could do anything. You can wholesale it. You can just decide to keep it as a rental. You know, but the the core fundamentals of raising money, finding deals, and managing construction apply to any realm of real estate. So um, that's our focus. And uh, it's great. We've got... We actually got rid of our courses um, that you can still get them, but you have to get coaching. You know, we used to offer courses. We used to have coaching. Now it's just, hey, we have two products. We have rookie coaching and all-star coaching. And so, you know, those are the offerings. Um, So it's high ticket only, right? Yeah, yeah. So our all-star mastermind is 25 grand a year and the rookie coaching is eight grand a year. And then um, we also have an event every quarter, which people can go to. And I'm actually announcing that today, by the way. Cool. Um, so that's three grand to attend the event. It's a three-day event. Super cool. So that's it. Like that's all Future Flipper has um, on our core offerings there. Wealthy Agent is free. So if anyone joins um, Real under my partner, Nick, they get Wealthy Agent free. So um, that one is really dope. I have some of my best real estate experts um, all across the country doing calls. So it's three Zooms a a week. And we're talking about all those things I mentioned, you know, how to increase your commissions, how to generate leads and market, how to become a better salesperson, how to um, do all this stuff that makes agents wealthy. And then um, Wealthy Way is the one I'm most passionate about. Um, that was something that actually started as a nonprofit. Yeah. And it ended up being easier just to launch it as a real business um, because I paid all this money to a lawyer for a nonprofit. And we just started to like, they wanted to box us in as a nonprofit of like saying, hey, well, you have to do exactly like your mission statement cannot change. Like if you're going to do this, you have to have all this stuff. And I was like, what happens if I just do it as a business that loses money? They're like, well, yeah, then you can just do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, that's way easier. I don't have to go through all this headache of getting it approved and all this. Well, well explain why you were trying to do that, though. So my vision, I've talked about this on my podcast, was originally I wanted to create a nonprofit for Christian entrepreneurs. Like that was my passion and my vision because, you know, as a Christian, for one, you don't meet a ton of other Christian entrepreneurs um, and like you don't know where to find them. Um, two, most Christian entrepreneurs struggle with all the other things that they have to do. Like, man, I'm working so much. I have to perform for my business. I have to do all these things. And now I'm kind of neglecting my family, you know, because I'm working so many hours or man, I'm neglecting my relationship with God because I'm not able to, you know, put the time towards it. Um, or they neglect their health because they're just, whatever, right? Like life is not just about business. And that's like been my big message on my podcast and everything else. And I got so much feedback from people. They were like, Hey, how do you actually manage everything you have? Cause you have two kids, you have a wife and you, you manage all these businesses and make con- like you're doing it different than other people. So yeah. how are you doing it? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a course and I'm going to detail it step-by-step how I approach like my life, my routine, all this stuff. And I ended up creating this course um, called the Wealth Builder Academy. And I created this acronym called WEALTH, which stands for worship, um, education, affluence, lifestyle, team, and health. And uh, basically, it's 
just creating this acronym for which you can set goals under for all aspects of life. Because most people don't think about these things like, you know, I want to budget in every quarter, like a big, long vacation for my family. So how do I do that? How do I budget in the right kind of lifestyle and health, um, you know, workouts and diets, you know, all these things. And so I create this acronym. I create this slogan for it called The Wealthy Way. Um, It transforms from just being this Christian entrepreneur, you know, nonprofit to more of just a mainstream, you know, kind of philosophy, a way of life, I guess, for entrepreneurs. And obviously, there are biblical elements to it. But it's by no means like, hey, this is only Christians. Like, it's anyone and everyone now. And I also spent a ton of money developing a planner, which is a software um, that we give for free. So we've got thousands of um, users on that planner. And they're using it every day. And I literally made this planner for me. I was like, this is what I want. It doesn't exist. So like, tech team, let's make it. And so they made it. And... Um, with all these things we did, we got a Discord for Wealthy Way too. Like I just like, joined it. Yep. While you've been talking, I, I signed up, and um, this is amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Super cool. Looks really nice. Yep. So I'm most passionate about that. We, um, I, I made all those things, and I just gave it away for free. And I was like, I, I just want people to go through this because I don't want people to think that, oh well, Gary V says you got to grind till, you know, freaking. <laughs> whatever. Um, And I don't want people to think that, oh, well, you know, Grant Cardone says this and Tony Robbins says that. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to tell you as a normal Christian dude, who's got two kids and a family who wants to golf, who wants to stay healthy, who, yeah, wants to also have great businesses and stuff too. Like, this is what I believe. This is what the Bible teaches. And this is what um, I think you can do that nobody's telling you. There's another path. That's awesome. I, uh, I'm just... I just signed up for your thing and I confirmed my email. You've got uh, wealth builder core values. Can we talk about this here? Track your wealth, important yep. principles, talking about schedule, morning routine. That's important. Knowing yep. yourself, understanding risk, the power of being alone. We talked about that. <laughs> Delegation, setting goals, doing the planner, worship. I love how you're talking about your faith too. Um, I've been doing my podcast since 20. 10 or 2011. So over 11 years now. And uh, I just recorded a, on the day before Easter the other day, I recorded my first podcast talking for like nine or 10 minutes about my faith, about my belief in Jesus and all that. And I was super nervous. And uh, (laughs) the audio is horrible too, because I was doing it while I was driving, but it was not using, for some reason, it wasn't picking up the microphone on my phone. It was picking up the microphone in the car, but Uh, it was good enough to hear. And, uh, you know, people I think have known I'm a Christian because I, I don't, I don't cuss on my channel for the most part, but it was the first time I've ever really openly talked about it. And I gave people a fair warning at the beginning. And I said, and by the way, if you're listening to this now on the audio podcast, you just go back a couple of weeks and you'll see it there. Um, but it's cool that, uh, you, that you're talking about it and you're talking about tithing, which is yep. so important, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like I said, for me, um, I truly try to make faith my top priority. I mean, like, look, our life on this earth is so small, especially when you think of it in the span of eternity. And so I would encourage everyone listening that, you know, if you're so worried about your business, um, it actually makes you less stressed when you actually put it all into perspective. And you're like, man, I'm so worried about this one little problem right now. 
And if you look at the span of eternity, you're be like, why am I so stressed out about this? You know, and if you have your faith in something eternal, um, it's it just changes your mindset on everything you do, and it guides you in a totally different way. That, like I said, just all these other influencers aren't teaching you because I mean they're not Christian, and you know maybe their faith is in their business or their own brand or influence. And I can tell you, for me, um, I I never want to go down that path, and I do know that um, God has called me to be different, right? Like Christians should always be different than the rest of the world. If you're not, then you might want to evaluate whether you're really a Christian or not. But um, ironically, not ironically, but, um, you know, yesterday was Easter and it was also my birthday. First time ever my birthday has been on Easter. And I actually turned 33, which is my Jesus year, as some people call it. And I'm like, dude. Oh, because he died when he was 33. And I'm like, what does God have in store for me right now? Like, why am I turning 33 on Easter, the day Jesus was resurrected? And I'm like, I I don't know what God's calling me to do this next phase of my life, but I do believe the wealthy way and a lot of these other things are going to play a huge part. Um, I'm actually rebranding my podcast in the wealthy way. I don't even think I've ever said that publicly, but everyone here gets a sneak peek, you know, we're writing writing a book. Um, so like I'm all in on building the wealthy way movement. And I, I just hope that it changes people's lives and it brings them to Jesus. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, as far as business goes, it, I'll put as much money and resources as I need to continue to grow it and, you know, just build that brand. Nice. Dominique says happy birthday, by the way. Thanks Dominique. So, um, that is awesome. You know, I, I want to support you in any way I can, Ryan. Um, this looks super cool. I, I'm glad that you're to, you're talking about it. And you're right. There's not a lot of people that kind of talking about how wealth and faith intersect. You know, there's a lot of people in in the Christian world who think wealth is bad. Um, and there's mm-hmm. also people who aren't Christians, maybe looking at Christians who are wealthy and think that um, there's somebody that they're not. But I I do believe God wants to bless His kids. You know, and yeah. he has blessed us to be a blessing to others. And that's the primary reason why he gives us wealth is so that we can be generous and help other people, help the poor, and use it to build his kingdom um, and spread the gospel around the world. That's that's where I stand. By the way, one of my favorite books, have you heard of it? It's um, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. No, I haven't. I'll have to read it. Oh, it's fantastic. Really, really good book. All right, so guys, if you want to check out The Wealthy Way, first of all, just go to Ryan's website, ryanpineda.com, but check out wealthyway.com, wealthyway.com. Oh boy, you're getting a lot of happy birthdays here from everybody. <laughs> I love it. Um, cool, so the that's that's kind of one of your main um, things you're creating. You're rebranding your podcast. You're, are you, did you say you're writing a book mm-hmm. about The Wealthy Way? Yeah. Very good. And... Um, what else do you got in the hopper now? What are you working on? <laughs> you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I have so many things going on, right? People are like, how do you manage it? And then that's always the next question. Okay, so like, that's just who you are now. So what are you working on? Because um, <laughs> I'm some multifamily. Yeah, obviously you're doing something new. Um, so yeah, we're buying more multifamily. Uh, the goal is to buy a thousand units this year. I think we can do it. Um you know, I think, like I mentioned with the NFT, that is my top, I guess, long-term business priority. So, um, 
Tykes, I would guess that NFT will be released in the next 75 days. That's the goal. Um, and with Tykes, I'm building out a backend business for it. So I haven't publicly talked. Well, I've talked about that there will be a business, but um, yeah, it's going to be a crypto, you know, digital real estate business that doesn't exist. And yeah, I think <laughs> with with digital real estate, man, it's something. It's going to be a trillion dollar industry. And if I had to look at, and my goal isn't to be like a billionaire or anything. Like I'm just literally, I'm content with how much money I have today. Like more than I ever thought I would. And I just want to get better every day. Like that's the goal. Um, But if I had to say like, I truly believe that I could become a billionaire from what is going to happen in digital real estate. And so that's kind of where I'm putting my eggs. It's like, man, these businesses, they're running, they're great. Um, but I want to be a pioneer for this digital real estate space as it um, starts to grow. Well, I can tell you what I'm going to do right when we're done with this podcast. I'm going to watch your two videos right here. What is an NFT and how to buy an NFT mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel? And um, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this, hearing other people talk about it for long enough. I want to figure yeah. it out for myself. It sounds pretty exciting, man. It does. Dude. NFTs are nuts, man. I mean, just crypto in general is nuts. But um, yeah, it's funny. Just like the world is going to change very quickly here in the next few years um, for how we, you know, transact and, you know, whether it be money or houses and deeds or how we secure properties, how we take collateral, like it's going to change really fast. And I tell people this all the time because they're like, well, how quickly do you think all this will happen? Right. You know, you're talking about title companies using the blockchain now. Because think about it, right? The blockchain, you cannot fake. There's no forgery. Like It is what it is. And so the reason we spend all this money on title insurance is because anybody could forge it and then like the county were recorded. And like you know, that's why you get insurance. Um, but that could never happen on the blockchain. And so people are like, well, how long is that going to take? Like You got to get all these counties to switch and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to take. If I had to guess... It's somewhere between five and 10 years before it's like a normal thing. But if you think about how fast technology is changing now, um, I would highly encourage you guys to look into something called Moore's Law. Just go YouTube it. You'll talk about how technology is exponentially growing. Um, But I would also just look at how the title companies have adapted in just the last 10 years. You know, so 10 years ago, if you wanted to go, you know, buy a house, Somebody from the title company literally had to go run it down to the county recorder and like hand deliver it and they would record it and be done, right? That was 10 years ago, maybe even less. And then sometime after that, they started getting e-recordings where, you know, now you don't have to go physically go there. They can e-record it and, you know, now the deal is done. Well, then COVID changed a lot of things and accelerated it. And it was like, yeah, you don't even need um, a physical notary anymore. Like we can do virtual notaries. And you just start seeing this progression of like the technology we have now and them being forced to start adapting because if they don't, a competitor will. And the moment a competitor comes in and says, hey, you know what? We don't need that. This is going to be way easier. And here's why. It's cheaper too. Um, Everyone is forced to adapt or, or their company dies. And so I think technology and title companies are going to change a lot quicker than we think. And I think just to give another example, you know, the way that we buy houses today is going to change. Most people like the thought of not seeing a house 
10 years ago, it would have been crazy, right? You you go inside the house, your realtor shows you it, whatever, right? Like so many people just buy houses on Zillow today. Like they just see the pics, they're like, yep, let's put an offer in, we're good. Well, the moment we have augmented reality or um, virtual reality to go walk that house, it's gonna make things totally different because now you can go walk every house you wanna see. You can go see the neighborhood. You know, that's where Matterport, you know, Matterport got really famous for these 3D tours. Their, their goal is not to do 3D tours. Their goal is to do virtual reality. And that's what they're working on because they know the future is, man, I'm gonna put on my Oculus and I'm gonna go walk every house I'm thinking about. And if your house doesn't have, you know, the virtual reality, it ain't selling as good as the ones that do. Yeah. And so everyone will get it. And then, you know, I could go walk this house and I, I've seen it. You know, and and buyers agents don't got to waste so much time anymore. They're simply at that point, kind of like a transaction coordinator where it's like, yep, I want that. All right, let's, I'll negotiate for you. I'll make sure the paperwork's good. Like, let's go. There's going to be a brand new realtor certification thing at the end of all these realtors names now for like meta certified, NFT certified. 100%. 100%. And if you're not, you know, you're going to lose a lot of business. Yeah. I'm trying to type in wealthyway.com right here. I think I yeah. got it. Wealthyway.com, ryanpineda.com. Go check him out on YouTube, TikTok. You know, I didn't even get to talk to you yet, Ryan. I wanted to ask you, but we're at the top of the hour here. Um, but I wanted to ask you your content schedule, how you create so much content. Um, but I think you did a video recently, didn't you? Where you didn't you did you interview? I was looking for it earlier, earlier and I f- couldn't find it. You were interviewing somebody who was helping you with your video editing yeah. or, or your podcast or something. Was that right? Yeah. So one of my um, buddies, his name is Ryan McGinn. He actually um, spoke at my event a couple of weeks ago and we we held a little 60-day boot camp together on um, building content. And his specialty is short form content. You know, I found him on TikTok a, over a year ago. You know, I just saw his content and... I was like, dude, you make really good content. Have you thought about doing this for other people? And at the time, he had one other client. Because one other client was Grant Cardone. Because um, I'd, I'd actually saw Grant Cardone's videos popping up after I'd, I'd, I'd already seen Ryan for a while. And then all of a sudden, I see Grant Cardone's videos um, looking very similar to Ryan's. And I go, hey, are you doing Grant Cardone's videos? And he's like, I can't say, but I have a client. And I was like, okay. Well, whoever it is you're doing them for, how much you want, like do mine. And so he started doing mine for me over a year ago. And now that style that you see that I do and Grant Cardone does and Hormozy does, they all stemmed from him. And um, really, you know, everyone else copies us now because we kind of all originated it. And, um, you know, so he's helped me out for like over the last year. We work pretty close together for my content. And um, he trained my team on how to, um, you know, basically emulate his style and pick out great clips from my podcast and other things and make content around it. So um, I would say the majority of my short form content that you see is repurposed. Um, so I, it takes literally no effort for me. That's, that's why it's so great. And that's why we can create or release so much content because it's not dependent on me. And um, are you seeing any kind of impact? Because when I go to somebody's YouTube channel and then I go to their videos tab, and I'm looking for some content, but all I, I see a bunch of shorts. Right. So I'm doing a lot of scrolling. Are you seeing that help or hurting your video views or subscribers or engagement in any way? So a couple of things. Um, one is 
YouTube started promoting shorts, you know, I guess late last year, they were like wanting people to post shorts and most big creators um, didn't want to do it because they don't want to mess with their channel. Right. So well, some people did do it and I did it too. Um, I was just like, whatever, just do three a day. Like what we have the content. It's not like I have to make anything else. We might as well post it on there. And I got a ton of subscribers from doing it. Now I do think it did impact long form views 100%. But you got to look at the cost. It was like, dude, that that month I got 10 million views of short form video and even it, and I got 30,000 new subs. Like wow. I'll take that trade off all day. And so um now we have stopped posting shorts on my YouTube channel for the reason you mentioned because it's definitely slowed down. Um the algorithm has changed that kind of I guess era where they're just heavily promoting them isn't as much anymore. So um, I don't think the trade-off is worth as much today. But I don't think there's anything wrong with posting some shorts on your channel every week. Like, just don't do it like me where I posted 30 of them a week. And, you know, I was just messing with all my content. Now, I think my team um, privated all those so that my channel looks clean again. Um, But even too, it's weird because if you look on desktop, it shows all the shorts. But if you look on your phone, it doesn't show. And so it, and most people are on mobile. So if you're looking on your phone, you're not seeing that for videos. Well, that's interesting because when I click on videos on your channel right now, I don't see, sh- well, and can you put thumbnails on shorts? You could, but we don't. Yeah, I, I privated them all. Okay. So yeah, I kind of got the juice out of the squeeze and then I cleaned the channel back up again. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but I think shorts are great. Um, you asked about the rest of my schedule. So um, I don't really film too many shorts. Um, once a month, I will spend an entire day filming some direct content for shorts. So if you ever see ones where it's like me, it's not a chopped up repurposed video. It's because I film them all in one sitting and um, I'll knock out like 40 or 50 of them. Nice. And uh, Ryan helps coach me through it. He'll have a bunch of questions set up and we'll get on a Zoom for six hours and he'll be like, hey, okay, what do you think about this? And I'll just start talking and then they'll make some good videos out of it. But um, wow. the rest of my week, I, I film three YouTubes a, um, a week. So Monday, I'll typically knock out every YouTube video. Um, so I got to film a couple after this. And then Wednesday, I usually film two podcasts. And so I do two podcasts a week. And that's my schedule, dude. Like Monday and Wednesday, I film. And the rest of the week, I you know play golf and kind of take whatever meetings I got to take. Well, that's awesome. Well, you're an inspiration, Ryan. Appreciate you being on my show. Yeah, man. And, uh, looking forward to hopefully playing some golf with you in a couple of weeks in St. Louis. Let's do it, dude. I won't charge you either, man. <laughs> <laughs> I won't charge you either. Thank you, dude. All right, cool. Wealthyway.com, RyanPaneda.com. And um, appreciate you being on the show, Ryan. Go check him out and sign up for his Wealthy Way thing. I just, I'm looking at it right now. It looks really awesome. And the same with the Tykes, T Y K E S dot I O his new NFT project, T-Y-K-E-S dot I-O. And um, thank you, Ryan. We'll see you later. Thanks for having me on, Joe. See you guys, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye.